0: they can't handle the truth.
1: War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Question one, did Mr. Trump rape Ms. Carroll? The jury voted no. On the question, with, uh, did Mr. Trump sexually abuse Ms. Carroll, Yes, the jury said. Uh, moving down to question four, Ms. Carroll was injured as a result of Mr. Trump's conduct. The jury said yes. And if yes, inserting an amount of $2 million, a a monetary judgment against the former president. Keep in mind, uh, uh, Eugene Carroll's attorneys did not ask for a specific amount of money. They left it to the jury. Um, Moving on to the question, uh, Mr. Trump's conduct was willfully or wantonly negligent, reckless, or done with a uh, conscious disregard of the rights? Uh, Yes. The jury said. Now, moving down to the defamation uh, question, there were ultimately five questions related to that accusation. Did Ms. Carroll prove by preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Trump's statement was defamatory? The jury said yes, it was. Uh, Did Ms. Carroll prove by clear and convincing evidence that Mr. Trump's statement was false? The jury said yes. Mr. Trump made the statements with actual malice. The jury, yes um and then uh, we're still waiting on some of these other questions but again the uh, the big headline there the jury finding that mr trump did sexually uh, uh sexually abuse Ms. Kirk.
2: it should be any liability finding so we'll pursue it we'll pursue it That's what I just said about the appeal, right? We're going to be appealing it. But she claimed all along that she had been raped by Donald Trump. That's what this case was all about.
3: Can you talk about Trump's decision not to attend his trial and not to testify? Yeah,
2: this was a circus atmosphere. Um, And having him be here would be more of a circus. And again, what I said in the summation yesterday, you know, reigns true, um, holds true. It's that, you know, what more could he say other than I didn't do it? And he said that on the road here. You know, it's hard to prove a negative. Molly, I could say you stole my pen, prove you didn't do it how would you prove it to say you didn't do it right i mean it's sort of where we're at so you know it's 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 very simplistic to say oh he should have testified he had nothing to say other than what he's already said on the oath. so we talked a little bit about how perplexing the verdict was what? I'm well thank you to good good see you man. good seeing you uh how does that play in the appeal the fact that she called yeah. a rape case all along and- yeah i think it's a, a inconsistent verdict right and um it's something that obviously will be another issue for appeal but the issue for the appeals were late really months ago when when things like you know donald trump's attempt to have the the dress tested for dna after they sent it into a lab and didn't come up with semen i think that's something that was important um the fact that the reed hoffman the democratic financier you know who miss carroll was not candid about when she testified initially under oath in her deposition um you know that should come into this case the access hollywood tape should not have come into this case there's a federal rule called 403 that balances out inflammatory and prejudicial things and that certainly was one of them so but there's plenty of issues to appeal and uh look that's what happens right you know we're we're in one sense gratified and i know some people in this camp are very happy um that you know the rape claim was rejected but you know, I'm not, and uh, I am happy about that, certainly, but I'm not happy that he was not liable for anything whatsoever because on this evidence, I didn't think he should have been.
0: You- okay, Tuesday, uh, 9 May, year of our 2023. As we said, victory day in uh, Russia. Yesterday was uh, victory in Europe day for the Western allies 78 years later, and here we are in the middle of all of it, invasion of our country and the southern border, absolute collapse of our economy and capital markets. Uh, and our bonds, uh, we're going to go. My crack team here and in Memphis for the second hour is all over. Kevin McCarthy's announced, which I kind of I, I got to figure out why, because what he did the sticks was so incredible. And look, I've been as critical as Kevin McCarthy as anybody. You know, we were the we had the back of gates in the in the magnificent six during the uh, during the big fight in, in in January, and Kevin McCarthy did he. What you saw, we're we're going to pull some clips for tomorrow morning You see, he he had a master class at those sticks outside the White House, but they've just announced they're going to do a live press conference at quarter after. We'll go to that. We've got an amazing show, and we're going to probably have to move some guests tomorrow morning, but we'll get to all of it. First off, I want to get Caroline Levitt. The reason I reached out to Caroline, she's over at MAGA Inc., but Caroline is a very special young woman. She's been in the White House. She knows President Trump personally. She's a just, a, she is a live free or die granite stater, tough as boot leather. And I wanted her on to kind of address, her you heard Tacopino about the appeal. And of course there's nothing on on the, on the rape. That was all thrown out. Um, give us your assessment. and I would like to have your assessment as someone that's associated, you're on the pack and you're also a young woman. Give me, give me your assessment of all this today, ma'am. Yeah.
4: Well, thanks for having me on Steve. And I speak for myself and I believe millions of women across this country who are outraged at this justice system in our country. As today's case and verdict proves, this is just another continuation in the years-long witch hunt against President Trump, a president who uplifted women across this country with his economic policies, with his reinvigoration of our domestic uh, um, energy production, the fact that Unemployment for women under his administration were at record lows. Now we look at Joe Biden's presidency. Women are suffering because of the Democrats' socialist policies coming out of this White House. Women are being robbed $700 every single month. And it's making every, the lives of all Americans much, much more difficult. Eugene Carroll is not a woman that anyone should be uplifting or commending. She is a political activist who's. Legal fees were bankrolled by a Democrat donor, Joe Biden's number one donor back in 2019. Eugene Carroll and her friend. E. Jean-
0: oh, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't 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 bury the lead. Reed Hoffman is a mega donor. He may be yeah. the biggest. He's definitely the biggest donor to Biden. And he's also a total radical. He supports mm-hmm. this entire radical agenda, the cultural radical agenda. This guy is a radical. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think, and Tacopino alluded to. it, I think she either lied about it in the deposition or was had truthiness, right? She never mm-hmm. really came forward and said about this radical mega donor, big tech oligarch. That's really yeah. dry, that. She's she's just an instrument for for his hatred of MAGA. Am, am I incorrect there, ma'am?
4: No, that's exactly right. E. Jean Carroll is just another tool for the far left Democrats to tear down Donald Trump. Reed Hoffman, as you said, Steve, is bankrolling her legal fees. Reed Hoffman is a mega donor to a super PAC. For Joe Biden, and he has donated millions of dollars to Democrat candidates across the board. He's also been involved in funding misinformation campaigns in states in this country as well. So nobody should take this woman seriously. Nobody should take this jury seriously, to be frank, which is quite sad to say. But this case happened in very liberal New York, same, same instance as far left District Attorney Alvin Bragg's case, where Democrats outweigh Republicans by a margin of seven. Two, one. And so justice was not occurred today by any means. I'm glad to hear Joe Tacopina and the best legal team in the business will be appealing this case. And frankly, it's insulting to myself and women everywhere across America who are hurting because of Joe Biden's economy, who are fearful in our American cities because of Joe Biden's lawlessness, and who fear that our children and grandchildren, future generations of Americans, will cease to exist because we are on the brink of a nuclear war. I just got off of a very liberal talk show panel where everyone was foaming at the mouth talking about today's case. And it's insulting to me that the mainstream media wants to focus on this when Title 42 is set to expire in 48 hours and we have an invasion in this country right now.
0: We have teams down there. We've got uh, tons of more stuff. We're going to go live to the press conference on the on the debt ceiling. We got uh, if we can get to it tonight. Brian Costello, The Times of London, and Coronation Weekend puts the only story that makes the front page is about uh, Sequoia Capital, a, Dem- a a Chinese Communist Party front operation in Silicon Valley, funding the artificial intelligence out of control weapons systems for the Chinese, and then funneling the profits back to the Democratic Party. There's so many. Massive stories about our, the sovereignty of this own nation. One last thing for I leave you, Caroline. Uh, I call this the summer of joy. Not the summer. The summer of joy because they can't beat Trump in the ballot box. Today, morning consult and morning consult is not Richard Barris. It's not Trafalgar. It's not a gateway pundit poll. Uh, morning consult is, I would say, a not a Trump fan poll. 60 to 19 or 60 to 16 with DeSantis. DeSantis is now into the teens. Trump's got mm-hmm. huge spreads. Rasmussen. Uh, ABC News is getting him up seven or eight points over Biden. Uh, the spread, it, it, you know, increases. He's up 10 points in some polls, but they're coming. They can't beat him at the ballot box. They can't beat MAGA. We're ascended. They can't beat the Trump movement, but they're coming. And I just want to make sure this audience understands today is the first of many. You're, you're, they are coming. They, they're they they going to use the two tier justice system in a weaponized DOJ to come against Donald Trump. Is, is, is What are your thoughts on that, ma'am, your observations?
4: Absolutely, you are right, Steve. It started back when he came down that escalator in 2015. We saw it with the Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton funded deal dossier, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, sham impeachment one, sham impeachment two, the unconstitutional raid at Mar-a-Lago, the endless investigations into President Trump's taxes and his family's business dealings. Meanwhile, we have a president right now, Joe Biden, who has compromised our national security through his corrupt crackhead son, Hunter. It's a slap in the face to every hardworking American citizen in this country who cares about law and order, who truly cares about a standard of justice, who cares about having a good economy for them and their families. That's why Americans, independents, Republicans, and Soft-leaning Democrats are rallying around President Trump never before. They know he's a unique threat to the establishment. We must re-elect this man, and I am honored to be a very small part in that effort.
0: Uh, Caroline, how did they get to Maggie And I, I think I, I told you before you came on how much our audience really uh, appreciates and likes those spots. The pudding one may have been a little edgy, <laughs> right? But the Social Security ones have been amazing. And I keep saying, and I'm, I'm a fan of Governor Santos as governor. I, I don't think he's ready to go to the next level. And quite frankly, I think some of the things he's doing is hurting even the possibility to go to the next level in 28. But, uh, but I have been, I've been adamant about this. I believe Governor DeSantis needs to come forward and walk through his thinking when he was one of these guys that was adamant about taking down, uh, taking down Social Security and Medicare. And I think he has not come forward with that. I think it's it's vitally important he does that because I think these numbers in the teens is going to be very hard to turn around. But Caroline, how do people get to MAGA, Inc., the pack, and how do they get to you?
4: Yeah, that's right. We'll continue to expose the truth about Ron DeSantis. We'll continue to emphasize why life in Joe in. Donald Trump's America, much better than life in Joe Biden's America, and will ensure President Trump is reelected for another four years. Go to MAGAPAC.com, MAGA Inc. War Room on Twitter, Truth Social, and personally, you can find me at A Levitt, N H, Caroline Levitt, New Hampshire. Thank you, Steve, as always, for having me on.
0: Caroline, I couldn't think of a better person, I mean, this, in all of Trump world, to have on to address these uh, this incident today and Caroline Levitt of the Granite State. Live free or die, ma'am.
4: Thank you. God bless you.
0: Think of we had Caroline Levitt in Congress right now. Unbelievable. Just a fighter to her core. Okay, I got Tina Deskovitz. I want to play this, and Tina understands we may have to have her tomorrow, but I want to play, I got to play this cold open for her because they're coming after the moms of liberty like you've never seen before. Let's go ahead and play this, and then I'm going to jump in about the Guardian Arc and bring on Tina Deskovitz.
5: Pretty good here. Uh, You get right to the heart of the matter, that it's hardly novel for Republicans to emphasize the need to improve schools. Ronald Reagan administration published a report, A Nation at Risk, that inaugurated the modern education reform debate. But you continue. What sets the current movement apart from these previous efforts is not merely its greater intensity, but its focus academic achievement levels are incidental to Republicans' concern. Their main preoccupation is not the ways in which Chinese and Swedish kids may be outpacing their American counterparts. They are instead accusing schools of carrying out an insidious indoctrination campaign that they believe poses an existential threat to their party's future and their way of life. And I guess, Jonathan, um, my first question is, do they really believe this? Do they really believe that, like, don't say gay is so important that it's existential to the future or banning certain books? Really?
0: Yeah, I think they do. And that's really the okay. number one point I want to make in this piece is that I think a lot of people who aren't hardcore conservative Republicans see this as a cynical messaging exercise and just an attempt to rile people up. But I really think that conservative Republicans believe this. They're on And I want to play this entire thing, but we are jammed today. We got the press conference. I, I want to I got Tina Desperage. But and that thing was Jonathan Chayette is one of the most important thinkers on the left. He's a senior guy at New York Magazine. He's a very smart guy, and they know exactly what they're doing here. Also, The Guardian, at the same time, has a huge headline. They're doing a book review on a new book called Birchers, How the John Birch Society Radicalized the American Right. Uh, It's actually an incredible book. But they say, say, oh, Moms for Liberty is just the modern version of the John Birch Society. Tina Deskovitz, you're doing something right, girl. You, you and Tiffany Justice and the moms. Because trust me, New York Magazine, Jonathan Schayet, uh, The, the Guardian—they're coming hard for you guys. I mean, walk us through what what is his? Well, he's saying that you guys are just angry messaging. This is not real. You never think about. You don't care about the the reading scores. Uh, and I, quite frankly, every time you guys are on, you and Tiffany on, you're always talking about people falling behind in reading. The scores are disgusting. Just talk to us about New York Magazine, the article, and also The Guardian saying that you're the modern version of the John Birch Society. Ma'am.
6: It's wild to watch what's happening, Steve. But to tell you what's happening is we're winning. So we stay focused on our messaging. You know that. We say the same thing practically every time we're on here. We keep marching forward. We know the public education system. Disaster. And so what we saw is first they started slinging names at us, bigots, racist, homophobe, all those things. It didn't stick. Uh, people started to see us for who we were. We started exposing the failures in education. Uh, and, you know, and then they started saying it's not happening. If you remember with CRT and with the gender ideology, it's not happening. It's not happening. Well, we keep expo- exposing and shining So they can't say that anymore. So if you would have played that whole piece, what they've moved on to is, well, it's happening, but not that often. It's very rare, and they're blowing it out of proportion. And so we're not going to stop. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep moving forward, um, exposing the failure of public education. And they're just going to have to keep trying different ways to take us down.
0: What I want to address his and, and look, I didn't have time to play the another five minutes. I will get a chance and figure out how to get you and Tiffany on to play the whole thing. Cause it's important, but I want to address his concern, which is the principal driving thing. And if we can get this New York Magazine article, if Mo and uh, Grace can put that up and make sure everybody sees it, and and Carly Bonet and, and the team over Midnight Rider, um, they actually say he says that you and Tiffany just all these moms are in the quote-unquote money in back of you, which you know you have no money back of you, you are the most cynical people in America, and here's why. That you never address what the real problems are in the classroom as far as kids falling behind and the the horrific numbers we just had in history. Kids don't know any history. Of course, they don't know any math, and all the numbers are through the floor. But that you've just taken these cultural issues, particularly the LGBTQ, and you're using that as a wedge to get in and just to destroy public schools. Your whole thing is to destroy public education, and make sure the Christian nationalists have their private schools and the homeschool freaks have their kids, uh, you know, their weird kids in, in homeschooling. But you're there to really, you, you, what the what the Birchers have wanted to do for a long time is destroy public education. Your response, ma'am?
6: We have said from day one. I mean, our children, Tiffany and I, the co-founders, our children are in public education. We, we served on school. Four years of my life so did tiffany dedicated to our local school districts we love public education we know it is a necessity in america but it is failing it is failing two-thirds of american children in fourth grade cannot read on grade level the lowest math scores in the history of the united states right now the lowest reading score since the 1980s there's on account everybody's study everybody's radar it is failing if we don't do something america is in real trouble that ch- you know our children's future is at risk
0: um i want to if, if memphis can put it up if if not i want to make sure everybody gets it there there's a also a guardian besides msnbc with mika who you know mika is a huge fan of you and tiffany uh and the moms for liberty Besides having uh, would shy it on from the New Yorker to go New York Magazine, excuse me, to go after you guys about being the most cynical uh, messaging group, they, the Guardian did a review of this book, and I, I really like this book. And by the way, this book is Trump-hating, MAGA-hating, uh, American Patriots-hating. Trust me, it's a it's a tough read, but it's a it's a good detailed analysis. They actually in the review of the book, the Birchers, in the headline. They they got basically moms for <laughs> moms for liberty. One of the reasons they did that is for click. Moms for Liberty is is so over the target. They know if they put that in the headline, boom, somebody's gonna the left winger is gonna immediately ah oh, god put it in there. They came after you of being the modern version of the John Birch Society. Your response, ma'am.
6: I think it's ridiculous. You know, uh, we are our own organization. America really hasn't seen anything quite like us before. Do we share some of the concerns? The John Birch Society. About America, yes, we absolutely because we see some of those things unfolding. We are not the John Bircher Society. I think I texted Tiffany when I saw that headline, and I said, "Oh, look, now we're Birchers." Apparently, they try to stick any name on us that they think um, might might stick enough to hurt us and bring us down. But we reject all of those things.
0: Tina, uh, thank you so much. How do people get to Monster Liberty? How do they get to social media? And I commit to you, and uh, because it's so good, it's so they hate it. They hate you guys so much. I commit that we're gonna have you back on and play the entire five minute segment with the editor at New York yeah, magazine. It, it's that it's that good oh, and the audience will love it.
6: Please play that whole thing. It is fantastic. I mean they try to put us down, they try to marginalize us, they you know, they go through every step of Anything they can do to shut us down or now they're to the point where they just want to slow us down, I think, instead of shutting us down because they, they've learned that's not going to work. But, you know, Steve, everybody can find us at our website, momsforliberty.org and um, on all social media, Not moms number four.
0: You can tell an institution by its enemies. you got pretty good enemies there, Tina. Don't stop.
6: We'll take them. We'll won't. take them.
0: You'll take them. Hey, you, we're at the war room, you're in the fight club, nothing but fighters. Okay, uh, I've got some time, I'm gonna slip this. I'm gonna have another, also give more time to develop this. Hopefully, Mark, let me get, get bring in Brian Costello. Here's the thing, and look, we pride ourselves in keeping the war room posse, the war room audience, always ahead of the curve. And I'd say this show, what we try to do is we present the show as we would present a board, a, a board of directors, our presentation to. What they call the C-suites the CEOs and the chairman always to give you factual information to connect dots and then let you think about it, you know work it through yourself and then come to your own conclusions. One of the things we've been working on is this is, is the Silicon Valley, the money flowing between the tech oligarchs and Wall Street, the CCP, and also artificial intelligence and over the weekend in The Times of London and The Times of London's really the world paper I talk about a lot the Financial Times or the Times of London owned by Murdoch. But it's a uh, always been a great paper, and this weekend with the coronation going on, they had you know a big thing. They, they've only but they haven't had too many coronations. Just one in the last seventy years. They able to have an article. We put that article up. This article was wait for it about Sequoia Capital, about Sequoia Capital, and particularly funding Sequoia Capital, funding the CCPs. Even they say. Out of control's arm race on artificial intelligence, probably the most dangerous area in the world right now, unless you're talking about bioweapons. Brian Costello, give me give me your thoughts. Break this break this article down for our audience. And how important is this this article popped up right now?
7: You know, it's it's one, thanks for having me on again, Stephen. Uh following two high energy guests, so I think I have to turn it up a little here. But uh You know, I was I was shocked when I saw it, because for the most part, the media has avoided this story, except for you and in Fox and a couple other publications. So when it came out this morning or on uh, over the weekend, I was I was shocked, particularly with the coronation and everything. But it's like, you know, this this is the race, right? The race is for technology. And she laid this out in 2013. And right now it's artificial intelligence. And candidly, Steve, the article didn't even hit some of the big stuff. Sequoia's funded a company called Four Paradigm, which is making military command control systems uh, using artificial intelligence. And it's actually engineers who came from ByteDance. So Four Paradigm wasn't even mentioned in the article. But um, yeah, this is the race. I mean, this, this is what it's about.
0: But here, here's what's so shocking about it. And, and this is why. And people should know we're we're meeting all the time. We're talking to people from our first couple. We had FBI guys. I know Colonel Harvey. You had people come to you, people on on certain the committees and the intelligence committee because there's a big problem here. And here's the central problem: the central problem is that the American says so this is like a Greek tragedy where your greatest strength becomes your weakness. The American people's pension fund money and insurance company money is going into these, uh, uh. As a manager of an asset class, these venture capitalists, part of their money. That's what's funding this fund, the $9.8 billion, that Neil Shen, a CCP operative, is using to do this Chinese uh, venture capital fund with American money. And that is going into funding not just their own national security and, and defense. Now they're funding the most advanced uh, weapon systems, which are things related to artificial intelligence. We are funding not just our own demise, we're funding, give me a minute of that before I go to break. I mean, that is what's so shocking about this story, sir.
7: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one of the companies mentioned in it was BGI, the genomic sequencing company, right? So Massachusetts Pension Fund, and Elizabeth Warren knows this, funded Sequoia China. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a genome sequencing company in Massachusetts, So the own pension dollars of firemen, firefighters, teachers and Elizabeth Warren's home state are funding Neil Shannon competitors to one of their own own companies. And these have, you know, genome sequencing has a lot of applications in terms of bioweapons and things like that. So there's a there's a direct threat there. And Steve, like one thing I'll tell you, if you remember, you know, sometimes a hidden in plain sight scam seems obvious after the fact. And if you remember, you know, Harry Markopoulos on Bernie Madoff was like, hey, you know, you just can't perform at that level for that period of time. It's just statistically not possible. Yes. Well, yes. Neil Shedd yes. has been the top investor in the world in a communist country. So you don't think he's working <laughs> no, with the Chinese to, government? It's, it's a hidden thing. To, he he's in totally the,
0: it, the problem. OK, hang on a second. We're gonna take a short break. Brian Costello on the other side. We're going to go to the press conference as soon as it starts. Looks like it's a little late. They're saying it's going to happen. Short break. Back in the warm in just a moment. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification, and I can tell you the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy-inflaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com, that's ekpure.com, and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE, ekpure.com, code STEVE. President Trump recently issued a warning from his home at Marlago and I want to quote this our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard which will be the greatest defeat frankly in 200 years end quote he did that in the interview that I had with him a couple weeks ago at his home. Now there are three reasons the central banks are dumping the US dollar inflation, deficit spending, in our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times. That would be gold. Gold has been a hedge against chaos from time immemorial. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401K maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Let me repeat that. Birch Gold professionals will hold your hand through this entire process. Now think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. It always has been. How much more time does the dollar actually have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bannon to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text again, Bannon, to 989898. Remember, the best part, is you don't pay a penny out of pocket to get this information and start the process. Do it today. Take action. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you actually spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. Public Square connects freedom-loving Americans with the community and businesses they share their values. Here's the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to PublicSQ.com. That's PublicSQ.com and download their app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where you spend your hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. That's publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Take action. Stop giving your money to people that hate you and your values. Go to publicsq.com.
1: War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Okay, I've got Brian Costello. I also have our own Natalie Winters. Uh, I'm going to bring Natalie in on this conversation. She's got something new to report, uh, and we're waiting momentarily. I. I as I said, beginning, year, I'm not sure this press conference was a great idea because I think he, was, he 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 had a master class outside the White House at the Sticks which is hard to do. That's what MSNBC if they because all they're going to do is, is play the uh, is play the Carol thing tonight. Okay, all of them. But if they play something with McCarthy or pull something, you have no upside in having another press conference. You just don't. So hopefully, level heads over there will 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 wave this off. If not. We will we will cover it. Okay, I think I got a better picture, and I want to thank Memphis, my own crack team here. If you pull up the Times of London, that uh, the story uh, on the screen, Memphis, and see what we got there. This is over coronation weekend, and this thing is so brutal. Brian, you were continuing on about how American pension fund money is going in to fund this, and I want people to understand this is not just like a for a missile. It's not like a, it, McCarthy did? Okay, I tell you what, guys, hang on, we're gonna, go live to, we're gonna go live to Capitol Hill right now. We're gonna hear Kevin McCarthy one more time and see what this is about.
8: A responsible, sensible agreement that can raise the debt limit and put us on a path to get our spending under control that has been harming the American families. He told me at that meeting and he tweeted later that he agreed that we would meet. I saw him the very next day at the prayer breakfast. He said we would meet. He told the members there we were gonna meet. He then apparently must have changed his mind for 97 days. He denied our ability to meet together. I wanted to work out a negotiation, an agreement that we could do something bipartisan, that we would not be at this moment today about the debt ceiling. But because they refused, we went on our own and we put a bill together, as you remember watching. I tried to find ideas that Democrats had proposed Joe Manchin had proposed uh, capping spending going into the future at 1% growth. We put that in. The president, as, center, as, as a senator, had voted for um, work requirements in Wisconsin just a couple months ago. They passed by 82%. We looked at common sense ideas like pulling back the COVID money that wasn't spent, especially after the president had signed the bill that the pandemic was over. Even the World Health Organization has now announced the pandemic is over. We looked at places for growth, that we could cut red tape so we can build things in America again. And we raised the debt ceiling. The Senate has not, and we sent it to the Senate. What's so remarkable is, in this presidency, with this new Congress, this is the very first time he has sat down with all four leaders. Of all the challenges that we have in America, with Title 42 being lifted, and the border unsecure. With three of the four largest bank failures happening in the last few months, because of inflation and the rise of the interest rates, with the Democrats spending too much, we never met. We only met today because the House did the responsible thing and raised the debt ceiling, put growth, and gave us savings. Unfortunately, in this meeting, I heard nothing new. I literally asked the president personally, do you believe there's any place in government we could find savings? I know they said things that were not true about how we would move forward. And I had to explain to the president, the only thing we're asking is that next year we spend the same amount of money that we spent five months ago. And we let appropriators decide how we dole up that money, just like every other household. I didn't find progress. Um in this meeting. Staff will continue to meet and we'll get back together on Friday and hopefully the president then can change the path for the last 97 days. But that let me open up with questions. Chico, what, yes, are,
5: what are the meetings of staff, what are they going to be talking about specifically?
8: To see if we could find places that we could find savings and be able to come to an agreement
5: on a debt limit. Do sale. you plan to have like an entire budget framework in order to lift the debt limit?
8: Well, this is, this is interesting because I don't want to confuse the people at home. A budget is different than a debt ceiling, okay? So a budget only does two things. Most people would assume a budget is like an estate capital where you pass a budget in the house, it goes to the Senate and the President's side. In Congress, that's not how it works. A budget only sets the dollar figure, the 302As for those on the inside, of how much you would spend. And that's what we're talking about, what we spent five months ago. That is something that we would have to work out in a debt ceiling. It's much like what Nancy Pelosi did when she was Speaker, where she told President Trump that we could not raise the debt ceiling until we get the spending levels agreed to. Now, they advocated for more money, and then they advocated for $6 trillion more, and then they brought us inflation and the problems we have today. It's the exact same thing we're trying to work through.
5: So, budget Could you, could you explain? Yeah. Excuse me,
0: just if you could explain. You're meeting, but you guys, the White House still, in your your telling, doesn't won't accept a deal alongside the debt limit. So,
8: well, the president tries to say, <coughs> okay, I'll do a budget agreement, but the debt ceiling has to be just raised. Well, every day we do this, all the times before, is you do the agreement together. I, I, I tried to explain that to him. You know, the president, when he was vice president, they were the Biden negotiations. The president, when he was senator, he voted against raising the debt ceiling. When he was vice president, our debt was $14 trillion. Today it's $31 trillion. And he said then that we've got to take care of it, the debt, because it's too large. We've got to find ways that we can find savings. He literally voted against the debt ceiling when he was senator because he said, I didn't care about how it was created, but we're not doing enough to stop this. And now, today, he thinks differently. So, whatever goes forward is not just going to be raising the debt ceiling. It's going to be just like we did in the House. We will raise the debt ceiling with doing changes within our spending. Mm-hmm. Yes.
6: Are you willing to do a short-term debt? No.
8: Yes. Uh, are you going to continue to stand by George Santos, now that he's been indicted on federal
7: charges? And we stand by President Trump after a, fe- a jury found him liable on
8: sexual abuse. I'm not going to avoid your question, but as you know, I've been at the White House. I haven't seen the, haven't seen the indictment, but as you know, with George Santos, I did not put him on any committees. Um, for those like Senator Menendez, who was indicted and went to trial, he was still able to vote, and others. He, I believe he's the chairman of a committee today. Uh, in America, we'll, we'll just follow the same pattern we always have, right? If a person is indicted, they're not on committees. They have the right to vote, but they have to go to trial. If um, just like we had a member of Fortinberry, he had the same ability. I removed him from committees, but he was found guilty, and I told him he needed to resign. I, I, that is my policies and principles on this, and I follow the same. Path. And Trump being found in yes. the right way? I, I don't. I've been in meetings. I don't know. Why not have this fight in the spending process, which you're
1: talking about? You're going to have control over that. Why do you need the lever
8: of the debt You know, that's a great question. And so, the Democrats have done nothing in the Senate. So we passed it in the House. Now, if I only listen to Schumer and to Nancy Pelosi, they said you always had to do it now. If I follow history and I follow Vice President Biden, he said you had to do it then. And I really think when we sit back and look at the American public, when you think about a debt ceiling, it really is giving your children <coughs> credit card. So you're responsible for paying the credit card, they hit the limit. But I think you also need to be the responsible adult to look how they're spending the money. Why would you want to continue? If you're at $31 trillion in debt, that's larger than your entire economy by 20%. We've never been here before outside of the World War II. And then if you look at our expenditures and our revenues, this, this is a really good thing that we should have this discussion as a whole, Americans, right? So for the last 50 years, on average, we would spend roughly 21% of our GDP. Now, how much money would we bring in? On average, in the last 50 years, we would bring in about 17% of our GDP. Right now, we're about 20%. That's a lot of money. That's the most money we've ever had coming in. Now, we've only had, in modern history, two other times have we hit this highest percentage. That was in 1944 and 2000. So we have more money coming in, but how can this be a problem then? Because the Democrats, when they took the majority, they increased it by six trillion, they're now spending 23, 24% of the GDP. For 21 straight years, we have spent more money than we brought in. So you want us to continue down the same path? How can you look at your children or grandchildren? How can you simply say to them that I've wasted your future? And the country is too important. And is it so draconian that we would pull back Hardworking taxpayers' money that we spent on COVID that wasn't spent. We appropriated, there's 50, 60 billion sitting there. They had two years to spend it. The pandemic's over. Shouldn't you bring that back to save? Wouldn't you do that in a family? Is it so crazy that you would spend the amount of money you spent five months ago? If you had a household and you hit your credit cards max and you were spending more than you were bringing in, wouldn't you simply say, maybe I shouldn't go to Starbucks tomorrow? Maybe make that coffee at home, right? Maybe, maybe we find something that we can eliminate our waste. Well, this is hardworking taxpayer money. Us as elected officials should do that, and I think this is the appropriate time. Leader really McConnell said
1: earlier the U.S. is not going to default. He seemed pretty unequivocal. Are you in the same posture? You're well, default not happening?
8: I think he says that because he saw the House take action. I mean, the reason why we could be so positive is because we didn't take the president's advice just to ignore everything. I mean, think about what's happening, okay? You got banks failing, why? Because they spent so much money, inflation happened, interest rates went up. The Silicon Valley bank failed. Three of the four largest bank's failures have just happened in the last three months. But the president never called the four leaders down. You've got millions of people coming across our border. Do you realize in the month of February, we caught more people coming across our border illegally on the terrorist watch list than we caught the entire time during the last administration? Do you feel safer because of it? And now we watch hundreds of thousands of people ready to come on Thursday. Does the Democrats, or does the President have a bill to solve this problem? No, because he wouldn't need. But we will pass one this week, just like we said when they told us before the debt limit was going to happen in July or August. We didn't want to put anybody in debt. We didn't want to put anybody in a challenge. So we passed something in April, even though the President wouldn't talk to us. So if McConnell's saying that, that's why I feel comfortable too, because we took action. Now, I haven't seen anything out of the Senate. And I don't know what the Senate needs. If McConnell, or, I mean, if Schumer needs to put in that important bill he passed in March about naming March the um, main Maple Syrup Month, I'll put that in. Or if he wants to look at uh, honoring UConn for winning a basketball game, if that's what he needs that he's worked so much time on, we'll put that in too. Because I think it's too important to the American public. That's why we've taken action.
1: Yes, sir. There are several news organizations reporting tonight that George Santos is facing federal criminal charges that will be indicted tomorrow. You came late,
8: didn't you? But go ahead, keep asking. Well, let's do it then. I don't want to point it out, but go ahead. Well, if he, if
1: that's the case, should he should he resign?
8: Well, this is a good question because if I look at the history in Congress, like you look over at Chairman Menendez, he he got indicted too, right? From New Jersey, he's the chairman of a committee today, right? So I think in America, you're innocent to proven guilty, but what, what we've watched in past <coughs> behavior here, too, when there was another member indicted, I removed committee. I never put Santos on any committee. That member did get not just indicted, but was found guilty. I told him he had to resign. I would keep that same with any member here, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Are you all missing? Yes, ma'am. We've seen more mass killings now in
4: Texas, and over the past few weeks, we've also seen... Uh, young people killed when they were turning around in the long driveway, knocking on doors. What do you say to people who say that sim- it's simply too easy to get a gun, people are responsible with them, especially high powered um, AR 15s and those kind of
2: military assault weapons?
8: Now, I, I don't know all the background on the travesty that just happened in Texas, but what I've read so far, he was dishonorably discharged from the military, was he not? So he wouldn't qualify to be able to have that election. So then you want to find why was he, even though you have a law now, that he shouldn't have had that. I mean, I think as an entire country, we've got to have a conversation. There's not one thing that's going to solve this. There are many challenges here. And this has gone on too long, too hard. And I mean, we've got to take the politics out of it. Innocent people are dying. We're going to have to have that discussion. now. We had a law on the books. And I, don't quote me because I don't know all the facts here yet. It's just some things I read. Because we've watched, there was a shooting in Texas before in, in, a, in a church, devastating. It's almost, from what I've read so far, could be very similar where this person was
0: dishonorably. Dis- we're we're, we're going to break in. Memphis, uh, the, the question is coming off the dead That's where we want to focus on today, that signal. But I, we have major breaking news in a scoop from our own Natalie Winters. Uh, Natalie, thank you for joining us. By the way, Brian Costello, we're going to try to get to Brian tomorrow. Um, we, we've got to spend time on this, on this, um, on this Sequoia. It's because I can tell you behind the scenes, the Sequoia thing's blowing up and many, many serious senior people in this town are going, what? What are you guys talking about? Natalie, uh, you've got some information from, Oh, okay, so remember, And Natalie said it yesterday. She was on here. Cash was on here. Tomorrow's Comer Oversight's got a press conference, just like McCarthy has it right now. The press conference is going to lay out a lot of things. They asked, uh, I think, DOJ not to indict Hunter Biden today. This is going to be a big, and as Natalie said, show me the money, right? It's time to put up or shut up. Natalie Winters, you've got some additional information, I think, what's going to happen tomorrow morning, ma'am.
3: Yes, show me the millions in this case. This is breaking news here first on War Room. It's exclusive. Uh, The country that people have been speculating about, this whole pay-for-play, this influence-peddling scheme, while Joe Biden was in the office of the vice president, um actually turns out to be romania uh this is the country that the house oversight committee will be uh, talking about in their press conference tomorrow at 9 a.m but they have records that show from 2015 to 2017 while joe biden was busy lecturing the country about how to best fix their corruption biden through a variety of family associates received a million dollars from a company led by an individual. His name is Gabriel Um, And again, this money came to him through a Biden family associate, but they estimate it to be over $1 million. Like I said, this took place from 2015 to 2017. Some of the other things that they'll be covering in this press conference include a variety of LLCs, frankly, sort of shady shell companies that the Biden family uh, created and these are, you know, eight or nine family members. They identify over 20 of them, but they're so greedy that wasn't enough. So there are other LLCs that were established by Biden family associates. Uh, which they're going to walk us through tomorrow, uh, how they funneled money back to uh, members of the actual Biden family through these uh, family associates. But then to even make it more uh, complex and confusing, um, a lot of the money that was coming in, particularly the funds from Chinese Communist Party-linked entities, uh, they were also engaged in a similar sort of shell game, uh, trying to distract from the fact that these funds were, like I said, coming from Chinese Communist Party-controlled entities.
0: Okay, so Natalie, um, this is not just big news. This is impeachment-level stuff. You're you're saying tomorrow, Comer and the members of the Oversight Committee at this big 9 o'clock press conference, given that MTG and others have gone over to Treasury and seen these wire transfers, we've heard the rumors about them, that they're prepared to make the case tomorrow that through a bunch of shell companies that Joe Biden, while he was Obama's vice president, took through different ways a million dollars from a company through a family member whatever from a company in romania not ukraine it's a romanian company
3: uh yeah according to my source uh, i'm sure the committee tomorrow and their hearing they will flesh out the details more um but the this whole whistleblower incident like i said the pay for play scheme that broke news i believe it was last thursday um the country has been identified as romania uh, this is obviously the focal point of the press conference. What I was talking about in, in terms of the shell game with the LLCs and the Chinese Communist Party funds and the sort of shady games being played by Biden family associates. That's, of course, the sideshow. I'm sure the War Room posse is very well versed in all of that. But really, the, the breaking news here, and I can't stress enough, this is exclusive reporting. You're hearing it here. First on War Room, I don't think there's been any rumblings of this anywhere else. Um, the country, like I said, has been identified as Romania, and pay attention to to the dates because it was 2015 to 2017. Uh, Hunter Biden was, of course, appointed to the Burisma board in 2014, so that sort of shows that this is a progression of his, of course, influence peddling schemes. Obviously, we're talking about Romania. This is, of course, towards the end of Joe Biden's tenure as vice president, so he was looking to cash out because I'm sure he saw the writing on the wall uh, that he wouldn't be able to do it for much longer.
0: Um, also, could I have the individual's name again, the best uh, take you make on the pronunciation of that can we get that?
3: I apologize if I butcher the pronunciation, the name is Gabriel yeah. and I'll, I'll spell the last name P O P O V I C I U.
0: Okay. And that will all come out tomorrow also at the, uh, at the, at Comer's, uh, at this press uh, briefing at this briefing tomorrow.
3: That is correct.
0: 9 a.m., it's one of the reasons uh, Natalie came up here. Real quickly, Natalie, before we go to break, this is, well, I tell you, we don't have enough time. We'll get you tomorrow morning. Uh, it's 9 a.m. One of the bigger questions here when this is laid out tomorrow, the Treasury Department's known about these wires. DOJ known about these wires. Lisa Monaco has known about these wires. They've known all the elements you're going to see, that Comer's pulling together tomorrow, and, and, and this is what the, the Natalie winners, the handful, and I mean only small handful investigative reporters in this town. They've had to do this by by their own uh, energy and their own focus and their own uh, uh, intensity, urgency, and grit. The apparatus that's, that's weaponized against Donald J. Trump for everything, they've known about this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're hurtling towards a constitutional crisis on many levels. It all goes back even deeper now at the roots but to um, 3 November of 2020, the stolen election. We're going to be live tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. We'll pick up the press conference at 9 a.m. Uh, on, up on Getter. Uh, we'll be here at 10 a.m. Natalie Winters will be reporting live. See you tomorrow morning at 10. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications